Hello, and welcome to the Found in the Forest podcast. I'm Craig Serhit. I developed a series to help spread the word about the environmental school in British Columbia and how it's changing everything I thought I knew about education. This week's episode is really a continuation of last week's show, which was on place-based education, in that the students of the environmental school are very often learning in the great outdoors. We start off with comments from parents of the school sharing their opinions on the impact that learning outdoors has had on their kids. I think for us, the greatest advantage to the school being held outside um, is the realness of it. We've done a really good job of trying to disconnect ourselves from anything that might be a little bit uncomfortable or might be a, you know, wet or icky. And again, it's just this further disconnect from the realness that is life. And so I think for us, the fact that my son comes home and he's had a really real wet, sloshy day outside is really great. You know, he's learning about real, you know, how to really care for yourself outside in those conditions. He's understanding what happens to the ground when it pours rain. He understands what happens to the trees when it pours rain. At what point, standing in a field in a rainstorm, you're wet, and standing under a tree under a rainstorm and you're dry, like how long does that last? I think the advantage is that it's going to really prepare him because he is getting a real experience. It's not a removed experience. It's not a simulated experience. It's a real experience. I think it's healthy. They're breathing fresh air and they have space to move and they have a better understanding of nature and their place in it and the ecosystem and, and they have an amazing understanding and respect of wildlife right right from bugs all the way up to you know the bears and cougars that they're supposed to fear and everything in between i think just the freedom of space and allowing the beauty that happens in nature every day to influence their thoughts and their choices has been a huge positive influence on them my son nate has attended the environmental school since its inception and he's garnered the nickname zippy due to his fondness of moving constantly, especially when he was in kindergarten. So it was interesting to listen to support teacher Jordy McQuarrie describe how learning outdoors can help focus someone like Nate, who always wants to be moving. And grade eight student Justin also gives some perspective. Even though his nickname continues to be Zippy, he's less Zippy. And I think a big part of that is because he has the opportunity to, and room to move, that has allowed him to be Nate, but allowed him still to to be in circumstances and to have opportunities sort of repeatedly to still learn things. Whereas if he were in a setting where he were confined with walls and where the message would consistently be, you know, sit down, be quiet, um, you know, those sorts of things, um, that would be really difficult for him. And sometimes that movement and that apparent disinterest is actually not not listening. He's actually listening. Like I find often with him, um, you know, he can be moving on the periphery of something. Um, We can be talking about something. We can be uh, looking at something. And then 10 minutes later, just when you think, did any of that sink in? Boom, he comes up with a question that connects directly to what you were just talking about. Or he makes a statement or some kind of connection that indicates, you know, 100%. Okay, he, he got that. He just needs to be up on his feet. He just needs to move around more. He needs that space to sort of breathe and 
And I think it's really important for his body before he can kind of regulate his body and before he can engage in that cognitive kind of work, he needs to do that. He actually, it actually sort of satisfies a physiological need to, for him. I guess for some people, they get that if you're in, like inside it, it seems more controlled. You have the people in one area, it's in some ways easier to control, but sometimes people like to fidget and stuff but in some, sometimes that's not acceptable. So when you're out here, it's open to doing different stuff. So I can take a piece of grass or a stick or something and fiddle with it in my fingers. Um, we're not in rows all the time. We can kind of sit where we want. We can kind of sit how we want. And do you find that allows you to concentrate more? For me, it helps me concentrate, just kind of being able to do stuff. Like I, like if I, at my old school, like if I did that, I would kind of start zoning out, like just sitting there, not doing anything. But here when I have something in my fingers, it keeps me kind of in, or, uh, into what we're doing, so I'm paying attention. It's obvious to me how being outdoors can help kids learn, but it's interesting to hear Rochelle Delaney from the David Suzuki Foundation and Simon Fraser University researcher Michael Conkins share their thoughts on the topic. There's definitely an increased awareness that getting kids out in school during their school hours is really important because generally like left to their own devices right now they're not getting outside very much. Um, so I think there's a will but it's becoming increasingly tricky to get kids outside in your average school system. Um, there's a lot of red tape, there's a lot of permission that needs to be granted before teachers can get their kids out there so there's a lot of hurdles to go through. Studies have shown that within minutes of being in and seeing green space, kids' stress levels drop immediately. I do agree that there's a tremendous, there's a multitude of capacities that are that are facilitated by being outside, um, for a school to be outside. Uh, but I, part of me really thinks that there's some things that really are learned best inside, potentially, potentially. I think there's a lot to be said for emergent place-based mathematics. It's awesome. And, but I think having access to a lab having access to um, indoor spaces where the books can stay dry, having access to indoor spaces uh, for all different kinds of reasons. I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater. I, I really think that having access to outdoors and having like really wild spaces, like this is an awesome place to learn. And I don't want to downplay that. And also talking to the teachers and talking to parents and kids too. It's like, I think indoor spaces really do have their, their place in education. And we shouldn't just assume that just because you're outdoors, it's going to be the end all be all. Outdoors is fantastic. We should be out in the more than human world because it really facilitates learning really, really well, I think. But indoor spaces provide other kinds of capacities. Um, we don't need to be sterile. They can be incredibly innovative, exciting, creative spaces. Um, they just have to be designed that way. And, and the cost-effective way that the province of British Columbia runs their schools and most of mainstream North America is these sterile boxes. And that's I, I, sad. It's, it's sad. So I... It'd be nice to see both more mainstream schools going outside more and also having more exciting indoor spaces where the design is around learning. So what are the drawbacks to learning outdoors? I mean, if it's so great and the evidence points to all the benefits, then why aren't we seeing more initiative to get kids outside during school hours? I asked some of the parents of the students in the school to share their opinions on the drawbacks to having kids outside as much as they are. I'd say there, there hasn't been any disadvantage that the kids have coped with the weather and I think we've had really tough 
winter and, and spring as far as weather. It's been a good test to see how the school would cope. Uh, I think that uh, paper takes a little bit of abuse. I think for actually keeping work and preserving it, I think that's been a bit of a challenge. I think some parents who haven't you know, see the work taken home because it's turned into pulp. It's a little bit tougher for them, but um, I think they're starting to accept that the learning's happened. They're starting to hear the dialogue of their children, or I think there's been more effort to take photographs of the work, take recordings of the work, so that can then be applied to social media so parents can hear what's been going on. What do you think about being outside all the time? Well, I kind of like it because then you can see, um, well, you can see nature and stuff, like, Plants. Why do you like that? Because when you do, you can even look for berries. There's researchers here studying, you know, how the learning is affecting the kids and things. I really think they should be doing physical studies on these kids too, seeing what their bone density is going to be, their growth, you know, compared to other kids. Yeah, you know, Bryn is so strong and so fit and so balanced and, and bright and, and healthy, right? It's really interesting. So I think that's one advantage to the outdoors. I think one of the obvious advantages to being outside so much is the amount of exercise the students and educators get. I've been on long hikes with the school, and I'm amazed at the stamina of the students. Here's educator Dana and SFU researcher Michael share their thoughts on that. Their resiliency just blows my mind every day, and how tough they are. They can maneuver through things, they can run through a trail that's barely a trail they can go on long hikes it's just like amazing what they can do now for sure in terms of the physical education capacities of our school it's huge it's fantastic i mean there's i it's no question that this is a great place for that because they're constantly moving my anecdotal observation would be that these kids are way more physically able, way more agile, way more flexible, way more strength and, and agility than a kid who's sitting at a desk six hours a day with you know half an hour of PE. If they're lucky once a day, more likely two or three times a week. You know, They're always playing games, they're always running around. It's fantastic from a, from a physical education perspective. When you're talking about the outdoors in British Columbia, you have to mention the countless rivers and the salmon who live in those rivers, which provide ample learning opportunities. The connection to the river. When we're here, it's just, it's always in our ear. We can always hear it. So it's kind of part of us now, I guess. And the connection to like the salmon is a big deal for the kids too. The fishing, the learning about the salmon, the getting to experience all the stuff that the river can bring you. It's just really great. The salmon themselves have that whole cycle that are not just connected to the salmon story and the life cycle of a salmon. It's connected to everything that's engaged with it on the sides, the riparian zones and beyond, right? So it's, it's a huge learning possibilities, whether it's the, a river like the Alouette or a creek like Kanaka Creek or a small stream that's, that's just coming off of Blue Mountain. You know, you can always find those, that broad, deep sense of learning. I know people are worried about safety at the beginning, but I, I feel that they're safer here than they would be in your average schoolyard in a yeah, city environment. We should probably review what we are going to do if there's a bear sighting. What do we do first? Number one thing. Um, Gabe, you got this one? Not very many people. Group up together. Can you group up with the people around you to demonstrate yeah, this? The kids have been taught what 
the risks and the dangers are. And instead of being told, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that, be afraid of this, be afraid of this, be afraid of this, they've been taught what there is to fear and how to handle it. Yeah, they're educating the kids, making them aware that they're there, making them aware that everybody is, and every animal has got a right to the forest. The kids make too much noise. I'm not really concerned about them getting eaten by a bear at all. <laughs> Actually, I'm pretty sure most of the bears around here are like, ooh, there's like 80 kids over there. I'm out of here. Let's go. <laughs> it's not always outside. That's what people refer to it as the outdoor school. And it is predominantly outdoor and in nature, but there are also indoor settings like swimming and, and the library and structured indoor situations where they learn that environment as well, right? The environment's just where they are. Well, that's it for this week's show. Just a reminder, you can watch the entire documentary at foundintheforest.com. And if you have any questions, please email me at info at foundintheforest.com. And if you don't mind rating this program in iTunes, that will help other people discover it. Next week's show, we look at the impact that weather has when you decide to run an outdoor school in a temperate rainforest. But first, I'll leave you today with a comment from environmental school principal Clayton Maitland and his thoughts on learning outside. Environmental education used to be just about the, uh, the woods or tree hugging or, or just by having it um, being involved with the natural world or more than human world, but environment to us is a lot different. We called it an environmental school project because environmental ed means the environment in which we're learning. It's a broader, bigger sense. It could be in a council chambers, or it could be in a longhouse, or it could be in the forest, or it could be in, in another setting within um, whatever the activity or, or project that we're working on.